the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 520, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Happy New Year, uh, happy, Merry Christmas, Happy Happy Holidays, hope everybody did a great one. We're back uh, from our little hiatus. Yeah. Uh, had a great time over the holidays, how about you, buddy? I uh, didn't, you know, it was, but you know, it was fun anyway. <laughs> I'm not, okay, look, I enjoy the holidays, but they're overrated. I'm just going to go out and say it, okay? Like, it, it, it's a lot of fun getting together, seeing everybody, but like, you completely throws you out of your rhythm. Okay, you like the week back is an absolute train wreck. We got people asking if we're even doing the show anymore because we're back and forth and flying all over the place. And you got the in-laws, you got the family, you got the shopping, you got all that stuff. You're flying everywhere. You're traveling. Everybody's sick by the time the thing's over. I, you know, I could do it up. Is that a wow. take? Hot take? <laughs> Anti-holiday? Uh, that's that's more of a somebody took a shit in your stocking over the holidays. <laughs> No, no, I'm the only honest one. Everyone else out there is like, oh, I love the holidays. It was great. Yeah. Oh, I had a wonderful holiday. It's awesome. Yep. I, I, I mean, I, I have my own gripes with how some of it goes, but I wouldn't. No, I don't go full Grinch like this. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not full I, Grinch. I'm just saying, like, uh, the best part about the holidays, we stayed home for Christmas. We woke up on <laughs> Christmas morning. It was phenomenal. It was great. Uh, traveling into, I will say, a lot of fun to be in Vegas for New Year's. We were in Vegas for New Year's, got to uh, see... The, that was a cool video. We were in, uh, what was it, Planet Hollywood, and we had a view of the Bellagio Fountains and the fireworks that went off right on the Strip. There were 400,000 people on the Strip. They completely closed it down, got like overtaken. There were multiple concerts going on. Uh, so that was, that was a lot of fun. But I'm just saying, the holidays are a lot of work. They're more work than my normal work, which, which makes it, you know... Well, times. I, speaking of Christmas, Dr. Tang's saying that he was working on Christmas. That's bullshit. That is, we actually can prove that this is bullshit because there are no horse races on Christmas Day. So Doc was actually not doing anything on Christmas. Might have actually had to stay with his, spend time with his family and kids. Yeah, I, can you imagine? I'm pretty, pretty sure Dr. Tang does not work. I think he just like pretends to work and just says words. And that's pretty much all he does. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, apparently you had a good ice skating video. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they you put an ice skating? ice skating rink on top of the Cosmopolitan, and my daughter had never gone ice skating before, so I was uh, nice. I was I was had a show on on New Year's Eve, so I was at uh, at Circa doing the show for Vison, and my wife took my daughter ice skating, and so she loved it so much she wanted to go the next day. So we went right when it opened the next day. Spent about two hours ice skating, and she got it down by the end of it. And it was, let me tell you, let me tell you, if I'm gonna I'm gonna gripe about the holidays, I'm now gonna gripe about these pop up ice skating rinks that are like tourist traps, holy shit, people don't know how to ice skate. Like, no one knew how to ice skate. And so you just have, like, people crashing into the boards, falling all over the place. There's not a more tumultuous place to learn how to ice skate than one of these pop-up ice skating rinks. Boy. Just a show of positivity. I'm so happy we're back in 2024. Have you, have you ever been to the ice skating rink in Santa Monica? No, no, I haven't. I, I swear someone gets hurt every 10 minutes on that thing because absolutely no one in California knows how to ice skate. Well, and now I want to go see it. <laughs> oh, it is hilarious. I like that used to be a date spot for me. My, my roommate used to take like four girls there every single every single holiday. And I swear people got hurt every 10 minutes on that ice skating rink. <laughs> oh, boy. 
You no. think California drivers can't drive in rain? Imagine what they do on ice skates and in like, <laughs> Santa Monica. That's actually very fair. Yeah, the the we've had a lot of rain recently, and that's very topical as well. All right, well let's let's move past all of this uh, positivity. We've got a fun show today because it's the resumation, the beginning of the Coast to Coast Pick Five for 2024. It's Gulfstream Park and Santa Anita Park, and. Equibase doesn't have the things to, for us to display here, so I'm sorry you get to look at our ugly mugs the entire time, but it's going to cover races 9, 10, and 11 at Gulfstream. Those are all stakes races for three-year-olds. And then at Santa Anita, do we have the only stakes race for three-year-olds in this sequence? No. We have race five, which is a turf main sprint, and then race seven, uh, which is right before the San Vicente stakes, but that's also on turf. The field sizes are good. You can at least say that. Maybe that's why they left the San Vicente off. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the obvious reason. Like, let's not just have a ridiculous... Like, there's a single race in this, but you can at least single, like, two different horses if you're logical or three if you're magic. Um, and But, like, I let me say something positive here, okay? I am excited about horse racing right now. This is one of my favorite times because you have that Breeders' Cup, right? And then you have the kind of lull. And then you have the Santa Anita Christmas Day racing. But once you get into early January, we got football winding down. Right. We've got horse racing starting to wind up. You're starting to see more of these three year olds debut. You're getting more of these three year old races kind of prepping you for the derby. You've got Gulfstream's championship meet going. So you have good races on the weekend. We're about to start getting better racing at Aqueduct. We're getting some decent field sizes like this. This to me right now is one of those times to like get pumped back up about horse racing. So I'm excited to dive into this January. Uh, looking forward to get it going. And I'm happy that Doc is no longer needing to qualify for any tournaments because he has been on an absolute heater in the tournament circuit. And so now I don't have to deal with him anymore, which is kind of nice as well. <laughs> the doctor says, everything says hitting the Turfway Park pick five is harder than treating blood disorders. I can vouch for that. It pays better, too. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> that's no, the actually Turfway that, pick five pays like 200000 bucks a day. That's ridiculous. <laughs> What's not ridiculous is the winning picks we're hopefully going to give on this. Let's get into it, buddy. The Coast to Coast Pick 5, Saturday, January 6th. Rise up! Aaron Altman, the real MVP in the background. Here we go. The first leg of the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on Saturday, January 6th. Goldstreet uh, Park, Race 9. The Ginger Brew Stakes for 12 three-year-old fillies going a mile on turf. Where are you going on top, buddy? Well, I'm going with an aptly named horse because that's what this, this horse's name encompasses what we're going to do on this show. That's the five horse. It's time to dazzle, baby. Let's go with the five of 15 to one top pick in here. Uh, taking a little bit of a shot, actually taking a pretty big shot here. Second off the layoff here for Mark Cassie. This is a not this time horse sold for $310,000. We talk about this quite a bit. The synthetic horse that then switches over to Gulfstream Park's turf course, who I project is going to be on the lead. I think you're going to see this horse absolutely gun it out. You've got a horse to the outside we're going to talk about in a second here who also has speed. But I think Time to Dazzle is the one that sends, especially considering we're from the inside post. There's quite a bit of speed in here. So we could have a, a little bit of an early pace duel. But if that is the case, if you look back to Time to Dazzle's maiden breaking score at Woodbine, the horse came from fourth, able to get the win going away on that day, then went into the Keeneland, went into the Jessamine, and just didn't run very well. I mean, just didn't ever look comfortable in that race. Came back at Gulfstream. Feels like that was a prep for this race. We're getting a heck of a price of 15 to 1. And you know who can get a horse home on the turf magic? Jersey Joe. Joe Bravo, Joe Bravo can do it. All right. So we're going to go 15 to 1 here. Time to dazzle. Top pick. Did you use the five? 
I did. I went three deep here, and this is uh, one. Of, this was third up for me. But this is a two-time winner in three starts. The synthetic race was rained off the turf, so uh, they wanted Cassie wasn't like, oh, we're gonna purposely put this horse on synthetic. They kept it on. Smart move uh, to keep her there. Uh, her only bad race was the Grade Two Jessamine. She was four to one. She had Sia's aboard, and then that was a race where she kind of attended the pace and just completely collapsed. I'm not gonna fault her for that because that was a Grade Two Breeders' Cup prep. This is a non-graded stakes for 125,000. These horses are trying to build up to something, right? But this horse seems like she's got a lot of talent. And you're right. Getting Joe Bravo aboard is pretty great. For the second start, it's pretty great. Uh, my top pick is going to be the number six, Wakishu. And I thought about making you try to pronounce that, but I'll take that bullet. Uh, Bill Mott has two horses in here, the six and the seven. They're both pretty quick early. And I agree with you. There's a lot of speed potentially in here. But this is the Mott horse that gets Junior Alvarado. Uh, he stays aboard. He's been aboard all four starts. Last time out was her first time routing and her first time on turf and just absolutely demolished a field. It was at Aqueduct, but there wasn't turf racing in November 18th uh, for her to go and do, say, down here. Or, you know, that was a, an $85,000 main special weight. So still a really good uh, race there. You look at the breeding by American Pharaoh out of a Bernardini mare. It's a good spot here. Um, I, I like that she was two to one there, and because of who else is in here, now getting eight to one on the morning line. So that made me feel really good about putting this horse on top. Did you use the six Wakishu? I did use the six Wakishu. Um, I yeah. actually have both bond horses here because I, I was, I want to have speed on this Gulfstream Park turf course. I think Wakishu is the horse that backs off. I think the seven San uh, Pantelio is the horse that's probably going to go from the Mott side of it with Velasquez aboard. But I still think Time to Dazzle gets the lead just because of the inside spot. But I respect both the Mott horses here in this spot. I think they both make a ton of sense. Uh, I also like the fact that Wakishu was able to come from not on the lead, but in second and had a kind of wide funky trip at aqueduct as well when you go back and look at that i mean the horse never was never touched the rail at any point and was still able to get the job done coming from second so i thought that was a nice win uh had the sixth and second i had the four and third azura uh who has proven over this track uh was able to win here last time out um and, and i thought ran well in the uh the in the grade one natalma ends up finishing fourth there but it kind of stalked a wide pace broke out of the 10 of 13 posts at woodbine that day Broke the maiden, beating two back next out winners at Saratoga this summer, and then uh, ran second. I thought a pretty good second in a overnight stakes at uh, Backwaduck last or two times back. So I, I respect the four, the favorite, but I want to surround it with prices. Sorry, my wife's back there making a lot of noise. I don't think she can hear me right now. Um, I, I didn't use the four, but I understand why you would use her here. Uh, I was trying to kind of beat her because of the five to two price here. And also because I did use the 12 Life's and Audible, who's your two to one favorite on the morning line. Now, you could first uh, thing that you could say against this horse is that she's on post 12. And that could be pretty rough. I have been beaten buy horses in post 10 11 12 that i said i'm not gonna use them because of the post going a mile on turf it's happened too many times and the last time it happened i swore i'm not gonna let that bother me again so life's an audible is still gonna be on my ticket here uh i had that really nice maiden win at saratoga in september uh almost won the miss grillo stakes lost by half length too hard to justify who all she did was go out and win the breeders cup juvenile philly philly's turf next out uh Life's Notable kind of attended the pace, was pushed up there, and she was 29 to 1. We kind of knew with that field she probably wasn't going to really have a strong chance. This is the right spot for her. The breeding is good. It's Pletcher. It's Ortiz. It's everybody's favorite nutcase right now, Mike Rapoli, who uh, owns the horse. So I used the 12 in here. I'm guessing because of Ozara. You liked Ozara, so that was a big reason why you left the 12 off your ticket. Yeah, I mean, the 12, the post, and the price to me are all. They, 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 so Life's Notable is going to have to improve to win this race. 
And that, that to me is an issue when you're the favorite and you're breaking from the 12 hole. Um, Rapoli, by the way, just roasting people who don't have him as voted as top stable of the year, which I think is absolutely hilarious. He's, he's not even angry that he's not voting for. He's like, my barn deserves this. I'm like, dude, you just want the clout. Get over it. Um, yeah, look, the, the 12 post is brutal for life's not audible here. This horse wants to be forwardly placed. We've already talked about three or four different horses that want to be forwardly placed. The 11 also wants to get up, giddy up and go. I just don't see how the 12 is less than three wide on the first turn. And if that's the case, I, I think there's enough good runners in this field that, that life's not audible is going to have a really tough trip if she wants to get home. On top of that, it's Pletcher, it's Ortiz Jr., the horse is 2-1 to one on the morning line, it's Rapoli, it's a Philly. I mean, like, this horse doesn't deserve to be anything with a 5 after it, right? 8-5, to 7-5, to 9-5, to five, whatever it is. And it's going to go off with a something to 5. And, yeah, I just, I can't with that post. That's fair. Like I said, I've just pers- it's a personal thing. I've been burned too many times and just have automatically discounted a horse because of that. So I'm not going to let it happen. But uh, th- this next race, Aaron, if uh, you can roll to the next race here, please. Second leg of the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on Saturday, January 6th. Staying at Goldstream Park, race 10. This is the Limehouse Stakes for seven three-year-olds sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. If you're a fan of, uh, who was the trainer in here? Jorge Delgado. He's got, or D'Angelo. He's got a three horses. Delgado has three Delgado. horses in here. I get Delgado and D'Angelo mixed up. Delgado has three horses in here, and it's an interesting situation. We both have a single. We do not agree on the single. I'll let you make the case for yours first. Yeah, give me the two value force here. Uh, not that creative, but when I like, look, I like this horse on Breeders' Cup Day turf sprinting. The breeding says the dirt should not be any type of an issue with this horse. And if you look at the workouts, specifically the last two at Gulfstream, two of 81 and one of 25, both going four furlongs, the dirt does not seem to be a problem at all. Uh, it looks like there's absolutely no speed in this, but you know what? I think there's actually some speed, especially when you look at the European races. It's one of them's led, another one's prominent. So you know the horse has some tactical speed. And you're like, well, like it was 10th in the British Cup turf sprint. Yeah, they went 20 and three. Like they're not going 20 and three here. So not quite concerned about that. Uh, really, the pace was the only main concern for me. Everything else from this horse seems like it should be by far the best horse in the field. If you're a buyer fan, by far the last high up buyer, last buyer of anybody. If you're a time form fan, by hard, by far the last, highest time forms of anybody in this race. Um, and I don't think the six furlong is any type of an issue as well. So for me, this is one of those spots where I'm going to go ahead and take who I believe is the best horse. And I, I not, don't love the price, um, but I, when you look at the American contingent, it, it was the one or pass for me. And I, I just, I think the two runs down the one late. So, uh, I think of the ones that, uh, as a joke, Aaron, as a joke, it was just a temporary one. <laughs> um, I, the, uh, the issue I have with Valiant Force is never tried dirt and you'd have to swallow seven to five with a European turf jockey aboard and the previous races. So the first two starts for this horse, which by the way, the horse has never run outside of stakes company debuted in an ungraded stakes at the Cura, but still a good spot. Uh, and was second. But the horse in those first two starts was prominent on the lead and in both times wasn't able to hold on. The Ascot at 100 plus to one odds, that's when the horse broke through. But then you can forgive the group one because it was a group one race. It, the horse has got, I, I just don't know what kind of trip this horse is going to get. And with the jockey who's going to be aboard first time here in America, the works are really nice. But I couldn't swallow seven to five, maybe get a little bit better because the four has a a little bit more American experience, I guess. But uh, for me, you're right. The, the one that you said, for the American contingent, it's one or pass. Give me the one. Sir Flash, this is a classic uh, magic horse. Fastest early horse on paper. Uh, drew the rail. 
get Luis Saez aboard. Uh, a horse that you know is going to break well in a race on dirt, something that the two just hasn't had a chance to show. Uh, Sir Flash broke the maiden, going five and a half furlongs here. Had a pressured early pace, still was able to kick away. Went from that straight to a stakes at Tampa Bay Downs. Broke poorly, did not get the ideal trip. I'm willing to scratch that one off. The horse still showed interest, tried, and then just weakened because he was pressed and used so hard. Um, was 31 to 1 that day off of a 4 to 5 and 8 to 5, but that's because of who was in that race. So a little bit of an anomaly, kind of ignore does need to continue to progress from a time form figure, but the last two races, 80, then to a, when broke the maiden, then to a 90 in the stakes race. Another jump up here could be good enough to win it. And again, it's rail, Saez, speed, horse. I'm going to go ahead and take this one. Give me some love for the Iowa breads, baby. Yeah. I mean, that. I, look, the horse is going to go to the lead. Uh, the question is how long will you stay there? Right. I mean, like, it's it's because it's, it's either the whole time or it's going to end up very poorly. Uh, the seven, I think, is also at least a little interesting. Stealer Mischief here. Uh, I read picks up the mount for Gutierrez. Adds blinkers. Um, and it's another one where, like, y- you go back to the maiden breaking score. It was over dirt at Hawthorne. Goes to Churchill turf. Goes to Churchill. Rained off the turf. Goes a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Then goes to synthetic at Gulfstream. Now we're cutting back to sprinting again, adding blinkers. This one should be in form. Like, if the one quits and the two and four suck, which I think we both kind of feel like Cuban Thunder may suck, especially going this specific distance. The seven, I think, is the other real player you got to watch out for. The four, uh, between the two and the four, I absolutely, you know, go with the two there. Why is the four nine to five? I mean, look, at the the horse was really good in May last year. But it's nine to five because of buyers, right? I mean, that's that's the reason. I guess. But the the juvenile one's got to be inflated, right? The horse was never, ever in contention yes. shouldn't have been in that race probably yeah but the Gulfstream one probably isn't however like you look at that Gulfstream number they went 21 and 4 45 110 139 to the mile so this horse stops now they're only going six furlongs and so if you go okay well the 110 is that good enough to win it uh i mean 110 is good enough to beat the one right now you're doing it on dirt not synthetic so there is a question right. mark there but you know that that would be the the argument for why Cuban Thunder is the price Cuban Thunder is, but Saez also jumps off the four and goes to the one, which kind of tells you something as well in my mind. So yeah, I mean the four, no interest at all. Uh, I'm hoping the four takes money. So it, it kind of keeps that two's price right around there. Um, but for me, it's, it's two, one, seven is the three that I'd mainly be interested in. All right, let's move on. Uh, Aaron, this is going to throw you for a loop here. We're switching tracks on you. Third leg of the Coast to Coast, pick five, Saturday, January 6th. Santa Anita, the first of two races at the Great Race Place. What'd you hit, Mike? It's like, loop that, beep. Uh, yeah, so... No, no, what you were celebrating. What were you, I said, what'd you celebrate? Oh, I was celebrating Aaron's switch there. You said he was throwing for a loop, and the guy was just You like, never pay attention to the show. You're always watching horse races. I'm sorry. The one time you were paying attention is, is when I brought attention to it. Anyways, race five, six furlong turf sprint, ten maiden three-year-olds. Now give me your top pick, please. He's killing it, man. you got to give, give Aaron some love so we get a producer full-time in the back of this show. Because Aaron gotta, doesn't do enough already. you got to <laughs> pump him up so he can, he can do this for us every week. Uh well, I thought it was a kind of a tough race. I mean, EJ won the cup. The t- 11 horse makes a ton of sense here. Going to be a speed horse. But I don't know if I really want to play the horse out of the 11 hole as a top pick. I, I think you kind of have to use it because it's the speed of the speed. But 
man, I, I just I couldn't get there on top. Uh, for me, give me the two horse here. Money makes money. Go back and watch the replay. We're in second or we're in third behind EJ won the cup. Uh, EJ won the cup. We're in second in that race. Horse didn't break well, which is my main concern here since we are going to break out of the one post, but had to check in the stretch as well. And it felt like if this horse actually got a clean trip, money makes money was the best horse that day. So I'll come back with the two horses, the top pick at four to one. Uh, I'm going to put EJ won the cup. Another one where you, if you know how I like to handicap races, you give me a horse that looks like he might be alone speed and you put a great speed jockey, a great gate jockey like Saez, or in this case, Edwin Maldonado aboard. Uh, I'm definitely going to ride this horse. Now we're at five starts, three seconds. And then the one time on dirt where it just wasn't really uh, much of an effort, but it was also to Nysos when he lost that. Uh, two races back, lost to Pilot Commander. Three races back, lost to Slider. You know, all horses that are trying to get on the Kentucky Derby Trail. And then last time out on turf, didn't have the lead, was pressing from the outside. Here, I really think that... <laughs> That's true, Smoggy. Thank you. Uh, it's I, There's nobody else who I think will really go with this horse, and if they do, it's going to be suicide. I didn't single this one, but because it's lone speed on paper... Looked very nice on turf uh, last time out. The best time form figure by far. I'm guessing the buyer was probably the best in his career too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go roll with this horse. But again, I'm not going to single. Uh, I have a couple horses I like in here. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I use the 11 specifically because it's, it does feel like lone speed. I mean, that, that you know, it seems like this horse gets loose. And, and that can be a problem on the San Diego turf. However, and you were one of the main people who talked about this quite a bit for the show, it's hard to win from the 10 post going anything on the San Anita turf, six furlongs, five furlongs, six, six and a half, whatever it is. If you're not going down the hill, it's tough to win from that outside draw. So was a concern for me there. Uh, second pick, pick for me in this race, I'm going to go back toward the rail. Give me the three horse, El Ray Ray here. Uh, Jeff Holland's <laughs> Flavian Prep picks up the mount. First time out, turf sprinting, broke out of the 10 post. We talked about how that's not wonderful. Uh, didn't break very quickly. Had to kind of rush up around the far turn. Didn't have a bunch of room while doing that. Ends up still running a pretty good fourth. They stretch him out to a mile. Thought ran a good race, almost good enough to win. Ended up just missing by a neck. Now we're cutting back to six furlongs here. I think the cutback's a positive for this horse. I think we're going to see it more uh, more forwardly placed than the original turf sprint race at six furlongs over this track. And I think Flavian Pratt gets a good trip here. So if we can save some ground, I think El Ray Ray is running late and can get up at a five to one price. This is the other horse I used in here, and you nailed all the all the points I like, especially the cutback. And now we switch over to Flavian Pratt. So yeah, I just went three eleven in this spot. Did you have another horse that you used? I went four deep here because uh, I'm using two singles. So I went two, three, seven, eleven. So give me Uncharted as well, five to one for the Ryan Hansen barn. This one caught my eye because we went to a stakes race off a turf sprint. So debuts in back-to-back -back turf sprints, run sixth and second, then jump all the way up to $150,000 overnight stakes in Santa Anita going a mile. It was a decent effort going jumping up but taking in stakes company i like the idea that we're cutting back in distance again and getting back to turf sprinting don't love hansen's numbers specifically off the layoff he's 0 for 22 so that's a negative that's why this horse is number four on my list but you do get jj hernandez on on board so you're getting a big time jockey upgrade here with a, a connections that thought highly enough to put this into a into a turf stakes uh now going back into the maiden special weight level so i'm, I'm going to include the seven here as well uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I looked at this horse for a little bit, and, and the big upgrade to Hernandez is a good one. Didn't pull the trigger, but yeah, I can uh, definitely understand uh, why you'd use this race. All right, we're going back to Gulfstream Park. Penultimate leg. Quick question. Yeah. Quick question. Yeah. Don't get, geez, getting ahead of us here. Uh, the 10 You stop talking. What am I supposed to do? The 10 horse, Island Cruiser. You didn't use the horse. I didn't use the horse. Any reason, any specific reason why you left this one off? 
Uh, I thought the horse would get over bet, and uh, I wasn't super impressed with that. I know mean, it broke a little slow and came running, but um, I, I think it kind of collapsed for the horse a little bit in that spot as well. Uh, again, the horse is five to two on debut, and it's uh, it's Sadler and Rosario, and they get bet a lot, and it, it's a big high price here. I, I think the horse will be might end up being the favorite. I agree. I think this horse goes off as the favorite, and it's like ten thousand dollar. Uh, stud fee for Catalina Cruz. This horse sells for $400,000. Ronis Racing takes it and they're turf sprinting with it. I think that tells you maybe not exactly what they were hoping for when they originally purchased this horse. Uh, I'm also worried that just the pace is just going to be all wrong for this horse. You know what I mean? Like there's just not any very, very slow horse for a turf sprinter. That first one was six and a half. Now we're cutting back to six. Uh, I I just, I don't see this horse having enough time to be able to come running late. I do think there's some upside for this horse long-term, but this is probably not the spot. All right, now we're ready. And, and thank you for bringing that up. Now we're ready. The penultimate leg of the Coast to Coast. Pick five, Saturday, January 6th. One more time at Gulfstream Park. It's race 11, the last race on the card. It's the Dania Beach Stakes. 10 three-year-olds routing a mile on the turf. Uh, this turf circuit at for the three-year-olds at Gulfstream Park produces so many great horses. We'll see if one of them comes out of this and does some big things at Churchill Downs on the first Saturday of May. Where'd you go on top? Give me the six horse air recruit three to one here for Armand Delacour. I think this is a, a very big gate to wire shot horse in this spot. Last time out in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf took the lead uh, and then quit because we knew this horse was going to quit going 2246. <laughs> they came home in 133. That's a phenomenal time. Those are phenomenal horses. Uh, unquestionable one that day. We all love that horse. Mountain Bear ran second and pissed me off because I didn't use it in the exacta. Um, but air recruit coming back much, much lighter spot here. This horse has also been able to come from off the pace when required considering the uh, two wins on the career both two and four back both from off the pace so if someone does decide to go crazy with their recruit uh, you're going to have he's it's a, not a situation where he can't run into biggest concern with this horse is when you look at buyers uh the last race is an 80 buyer ran seventh that wildly tops the buyers for winning don't always love that because oftentimes out of those stakes races you see faulty buyers but i think the uh, the seven or the six horse air recruits can be able to control the pace or sit right behind the combination of the two and the four if they decide to go um, and be in a good spot here to get the job done. So I'll, I'll start with the six horse air recruit. I think for this race, you have to make a choice between the six air recruit is three to one the morning line and the 10 agate road is the eight to five favorite. I went the other direction. I put Agate Road on top here. The classiest horse in the field, right, uh, was a wins the grade two Pilgrim after breaking the maiden in his first turf try. And then goes the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. And actually, because of how the pace kind of went that day, the horse actually ran pretty well. Uh, we didn't think was going to be up there with Unquestionable or definitely, you know, Mountain Bear surprised me, but I know you like that horse a lot. Agate Road, I think, was it was a sneaky good fifth in there. And with these connections, Pletcher, Irad, again, Outside post, going two turns on the turf. <laughs> it's Irad. I, I know. There's a lot of things to make you go, eh, about. But again, I didn't single this horse here. So, uh, But I did like the 10 over the 6. Yeah, the 10 scares me a lot more than the 12 did, leaving it off in the other race. Uh, I'm leaving <laughs> off the 10 here as well. So I'm leaving off both the 12 and the 10. I'm, look, I singled the 2, right, who's probably going to be the most singled horse in this sequence. It's a dollar sequence. So I'm going to try and leave favorites off where I, I think they're vulnerable. And I, I think Agate Road's vulnerable here. Um, I agree. Definitely the classiest horse. Um, the races, 2 and 3 back at Backwater and Saratoga were both very good races. But they were races that horse was supposed to win. I guess you could make the argument supposed to win this race as well. But again, I think you're going to need to improve to be able to win. And, and yes, that improvement is logical in this spot, but we're, we're stuck for that outside post. This is a horse that's going to want to be a dead closer on a track that's playing towards speed and it's going to be a short price. So I, I like I get it. If you like Agar Road, 
you shouldn't be going very deep if you like Agate Road. Um, but to me, I, I'm going to try and beat this horse, especially considering we got that eight to five morning line price. Second pick for me here, give me Cherie DeVoe and the three horse here depiction. Uh, Gaffleon picks up the mount on this one. This horse, I think, just sets up beautifully for this race. Uh, if you go back, ran really well at Ellis Park, breaking the maiden, jumped up to the bourbon. It just got an awful trip in the bourbon. If you go back and watch that, the horse never really got to run until late. Can Group won that race. Noted ran second. Only two lengths off uh, in that spot. Now we're coming back off the layoff. A little fresher horse here early in the three-year-old season. I like the post position draw. This is one of those that's going to be able to tuck on the rail in that third or fifth spot, depending on kind of how they break out of the gate. So I think the depiction gets a, a nice trip here at a nice price, 8-1. to one. Boy, we uh, didn't agree on this one either. That's kind of... I, mean, I can see why you would use the horse. I'm not saying I, I hate the horse. Um, it, it's properly spotted, right? The bourbon, but a little bit too much too soon. You like to see that Shree gave the horse three months off to kind of, all right, well, maybe let this horse grow a little bit. And based on the breeding out of a Curlin mare with more than ready, this horse should continue to develop well. Uh, watch the tote board on this one. If it takes a lot of action uh, with some of the other horses in here, I might throw a little wind bet on it because it's not going to be on my ticket. Uh, next up for me is you briefly mentioned it by accident. The number seven palm tree, six to one odds here. Uh, Brendan Walsh, Jose Ortiz going to team up together. I do wish that I had Tyler Gaffleone on here because it's like Gaffleone and Walsh is like catnip to me, but I'm going to go ahead and still use this. Uh, this horse is Godolphin homebred, broke the maiden nicely at Kentucky Downs in the first turf try. Actually was a decent uh, third on debut on dirt behind EJ won the cup. It's funny that they're in the same sequence here and at completely different tracks. Uh, but Wednesday, Kentucky Downs goes from there to the Bourbon. Yeah, not a good race there. Just a terrible trip for this one as well, like you mentioned for the Cherie DeVoe horse. I liked it last time out with Saez aboard. This horse was right there in the thick of things. There was some hurting going on because, you know, it's Gulfstream and it's your Ortiz brothers. But uh, this horse was right there with Noted, who was a Breeders' Cup horse, probably some Breeders' Cup turf. Uh, a British Cup Juvenile Turf, but was right there with uh, in the action. And I think a little bit of racing luck, uh, something goes slightly different, the horse would have won. So I'm going to put seven Palm Tree on here. Uh, don't hate Palm Tree was one I considered. And one we'll talk about, I'll, I'm going to mention the horse that beat him last because that's my next horse on here. But before I do that, uh, real quick answer for Shadi here. So the base weight for this race is listed at 123 pounds. You get a three-pound weight break if you have uh, won only a allowance race, and you get a five-pound weight break if only if it's only a uh, maiden special weight race. So, uh, because the ten horse is the only stakes-winning horse in this field, won the Grade Two Pilgrim. Uh, that's why it's carrying one twenty-three, and then like Air Recruit and uh, Wine Collector uh, both won races, so they're at one twenty, and then everyone else sitting at one eighteen. Outside of the four horse uh, Takayo as well, so that's why there's the the weight difference here uh, between these horses. Uh, it does matter, by the way. Like five pounds to three year olds going a mile does make a difference. My dad used to tell me it's a length per pound. I think that's probably a little bit aggressive, um, but it it does make a difference. So it's something you should at least consider inside your handicapping. That's uh, another reason why I didn't love the ten here carrying the high weight. Uh, give me the five. Uh, reminder next. Reminder. You mentioned Palm Tree last out. Uh, reminder. First time on the turf. Last time out it was twenty seven to one for Jose DeFranco or Jose D'Angelo, um, and it ran very very well. Uh, had a rough start. Had to check. Ended up running up to finish second. Just missed by a neck. Uh, this is one. A this horse is a half to two different surf turf stakes winners. So we know that this horse is going to like the turf. I think he has a big chance to step forward second time on the turf. Uh, and so I'll, I'll take a little bit of a price here with this five horse reminder sitting at six to one. Did you use? I mean, you're using the seven. Did you use the five? 
I did, yes. And uh, all the reasons you mentioned, uh, Zayas and D'Angelo. See, I'm telling you, the D'Angelo thing, it's it's very confusing at Coldstream. Uh, <laughs> but the horse has definitely proven routing multiple times, first on synthetic and then on turf there. I thought that the five and seven both were, you could make arguments for why they could have won that race very easily. Uh, you could easily make arguments for why they could have won that race last out. Um, I guess if you use the five, who was 26 to one, that day is now six to one. The seven was much shorter price and is now six to one. Was it five to two that day? Yeah, five to two and now six to one. So any concern about wedding funeral with the five reminder? Well, it's only a wedding if you win. Uh, I don't bet to play. No. <laughs> it was a funeral last time if you bet the five okay, to win. Fair. A painful funeral, actually, because it was 26 to 1, and the horse mm-hmm. didn't get up, lost by a nose. Um, look, I can understand why the horses were the prices they were, right? Like, an important part of gambling is when you have new information, use it. Don't just ignore it, right? And in this case, the new information is the five had never tried turf before. Now, the family liked turf, and so it made sense the horse would improve on turf, but you didn't really know how much or how, if the horse would really like it that big, that big of a jump up. And when you watch the race, it looks like the horse just really does like the turf and wants to be a turf horse and took a nice step forward. So I understand where you're coming from, from the pricing of the last race. And I think like the bigger argument for me is like, hey, couldn't the seven just improve second off a layoff too? Like that, that could be a big problem as well. Um, but the seven also... Broke its maiden in Kentucky Downs, and we know a lot of horses like Kentucky Downs don't always run wonderfully in other places, and so a little bit of a concern for me there. But the seven's last race I thought was good, so I, I wouldn't look if I was going to go five deep, the seven would have made the ticket. Uh, but I only went four deep. A fourth horse for me was Edgar Town. I know Doc mentioned this one over here, fifteen to one on the uh, on the morning line. I liked this price more than the seven. That's why I ended up making the choice between the two. Switching from Joe Sharp over to the Grand Motion Barn, Ocean on Mur- Murphy takes the mount here. Uh, horse breaks the maiden last time out at Churchill. Uh, lost a frontline warrior, the first two back. Lost to Can Group, three back. So pretty good, uh, pretty good company there. Frontline warrior, obviously running in this race. This feels like one of those horses that motion just takes a step forward with. And this is a very expensive horse, $350,000 horse who has tactical speed, should be able to sit a good trip and be able to make a move around the far turn. Don't love the post considering the trip that the horse is going to want to make. I mean, we're talking like hopefully we can get in the two path and hang out in the two path and that we'll call it fourth or sixth spot, be able to have cover and then make a big run around the far turn. But with the price, I'm willing to take more of a chance. So I'll, I'll put the eight Edgar Town on the ticket at 15 to one. Definitely intriguing. Uh, my opinion on this horse was wait and watch one start because I think the next start will be when the, the horse is going to be winning. I forget who you said it about just earlier in the sequence, but you said this is a horse that feels like this is the prep for a future move forward. And I think that's kind of what Motion's doing here. But you do have to appreciate that Motion, first time he gets the hands on the horse, says, oh, we're going straight into a stake. Ungraded stakes, but still, I mean, you've got a graded stakes winner here in Accurate Roads and, uh, you know, air recruit a stakes winner as well. So it's not an easy ungraded stakes as far as ungraded stakes go. No, so, yeah, I get that one. And Motion, man, when he, when he spots horses... At Laurel, at Tampa, at Gulfstream, watch out! Like it, it's a mm-hmm. big tournament thing too. If you're playing tournaments, and you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. Tampa Bay Downs pops up, and Laurel pops up, and all of a sudden there's a ten to one, fifteen to one motion horse. Uh, respect it. I mean, because that horse is going to run. He doesn't poorly place horses very often, and the fact that he gets this one in his barn for the first time, coming off a of sharp, and says, "You know what? I think this is a, a stakes caliber horse," and puts it right here at Gulfstream, tells me he thinks Edgar Town's a runner, and if he thinks Edgar Town's a runner. I'm willing to take a shot at 15 to one. See, Doc, Doc knows. <laughs> respect respect uh, motion horses when they ship to yep. those type of places. <laughs> All right. 
I'm five seven ten here, and that, that, that I'll definitely like the watch out for Eggertown. Especially if the horse doesn't win, stable off moving forward. Fifth and final leg of the Coast to Coast. Pick five on Saturday, January 6th. Santa Anita, race seven. Six and a half furlong downhill turf sprint. Nine older fillies and mares at the N1X allowance level. And this is tricky because in California, if you didn't know this, the field sizes are so shitty that they decided allowance races on turf don't count dirt stats and vice versa. So it's an N1X allowance race. There's multiple winners in this spot that they just did so on dirt. All that to say, who's your top pick? I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> yes, I am too. <laughs> I am going to single this spot, single to close. This is a dollar sequence, everybody. So you got to remember that as well. So I'm going four by one by four by four by one. Uh, that costs 64 bucks for a dollar. So you have to kind of trim it down where you can. I love me. Love me the two-horse cast member in this spot. Yakteen Pratt, seven to two on the morning line. First time LASIK, so that's a nice little bump there. I'd expect the horses improves. Yakteen, 25% with first time LASIKs. He's over for the meet, but he's got five seconds, so that's going to change relatively soon. One of my favorite sires, turf sprinting, is Munnings. Munnings does not get enough love as a turf sprinting sire. This horse went three for three sprinting on the dirt. Then switches over, well, two for three, spring, two for two spring on the dirt, then goes a mile at Los Al, which we always talk about as kind of a turfy course. Wins there. Then we go to a mile at Santa Anita. Ends up running a pretty good third in that spot, a $200,000 state bred Cal Cup Oaks. Now we're cutting back here to the six and a half furlongs down the hill. N1X allowance. This horse has already won three times, was very competitive. One, two stakes, was competitive in a third one. Now we're getting to what I think is what this horse does best, which is turf sprinting. And we get Flavian Pratt aboard and a favorable draw with a horse that has tactical speed. All systems go, baby, on the two cast member. Yep. Top pick for me as well. Uh, and for every single reason you mentioned and the cherry on top is Flavian Pratt back up or back aboard, getting aboard uh, this race. So I went three deep here um, and my dollar ticket total. Swing, swing, tentpole. <laughs> See, I didn't use the Rosario horse because I was afraid of that being used, and I totally forgot about the, the better of the two, which is the Pratt one. Um, anyway. Swing, swing, tentpole. <laughs> you can't blame Aaron for that because he's sitting back like this. I can see him. Yeah, it's not him. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for those. Uh, I'm about to kick you a lot of this out of this like I did Dr. Miranda. All right, second pick for me. Number three, Boss Bride, 15 to 1. I'm going to go price hunting on this one here. First time turf, uh, a multiple winner on dirt down at uh, Turf Paradise. You got to make sure the dirt tells me it's Turf Paradise and not uh, Turfway Park. That's the only way I get those straight. Uh, last time out in the stakes, going six furlongs, tried to set a, a quick pace and just completely wilted. I don't see anybody who's going to go with this horse. I mean, possibly the five, but Gio Franco's not really an aggressive rider, and he was holding the horse back. Uh, also was coming off a 209-day layoff. So I think the three-boss bride is sneaky here because Tyler Bays is he's lower percentage, but Tyler Bays has been riding California for decades. The guy knows the downhill turf course as well as anybody and it, I used to love to play Bays when he was a regular out here uh, when I first got into horse racing. I love to play him on the downhill turf. And so he's got a speed horse here. At 15 to 1, I'm going to take a shot with this horse just because of the way things could set up. And if she really just goes balls to the wall and, and they can't reel her in the top of the stretch, if she gets brave, it's going to be good night at a huge price. Yeah, I, I actually think... 
that the two is the one that's got the tactical speed to stay within range. And that's why I didn't end up using the three here. The stats on mm -hmm. Ryan Hampton, too, just atrocious in this spot. 0 for 15 first-time trainer, 0 for 8, 1 for 80 days, 0 for 18 first-time turf, 8% turf sprint, 64% uh, ROI. All of those scare me away now. They, the jockey trainer combo number, pretty good. They 10%, uh, 1 for 10, but does return $4.98 ROI. So it was a price with the one horse that won. Um, I... Look, the six and a half is tough to go gate to wire. You want to be forwardly placed, but it's hard to go gate to wire a lot of times. So I'm hoping that cast member can sit close enough and be able to reel in the three. Um, and like I said, look, 15 to one, don't hate taking a shot with it. Um, you just have to, you have to hope the horse really does get loose. On the off chance, the two cast member just doesn't like, you know, running down the hill or, or something kind of crazy happens. I also use the, my last horse on the entire ticket is the four, Miss Lizzie at five to one. Uh, a veteran Philly, she's 13 starts, three wins, three seconds. But last time out, one at the starter allowance level going a mile and now cuts back. And I like that mile cut back to downhill turf sprinting here. And we're getting back to Antonio Frisu, who's been so good, so consistently good on the turf course. Uh, whether it's Del Mar or Sanita, and he's getting better and better too. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and use this horse. Uh, like I said, last one on, but there's a lot of good races that you can point to in the back where the horse is, you know, was stalking, should get a, a nice stalking trip here. And it's Doug O'Neill at Santa Anita. He's kind of good when it comes to racehorses too. Yeah, I mean, I had the two single. The one and the four were the other two horses I was interested in. Lunar Impact and then Miss Lizzie here. Miss Lizzie's last race, very, very good. That was going a mile. The cutback shouldn't be an issue. This horse has been competitive uh, going the six and six and a half for a long distance on the turf. So uh, it's one of those where, like you said, it's just the most experienced horse in the field, but not in a bad way. Like this isn't one of those where you're like, oh, it's the, you know, the maiden that's run 17 times and keeps hitting the board and I, I'm going to get a short price on. No, mm -hmm. Miss Lizzie's one of those horses that does win quite a few races and can handle the turf. So don't dislike that one. Yeah, then Lunar Impact on the rail, the other one that I was I was interested in, obviously didn't make the ticket, but uh, comes back off two races downhill, seemed to really like the downhill horse the second time, willing to forgive the first one. Uh, it was an absolutely brutal trip as a 31 to 1 shot in his stakes race, um, so obviously a lot easier company here in this spot. Uh, I like. The only problem for me is the Tories numbers not been great from an ROI perspective when you look over at him over the course of the, the full season. I, I think he was clicking off at like negative 40% ROI, something like that on top um, over at Santa Anita. So that was a little bit scary, especially staring at the four to one price. But uh, the race last time out, good enough to, to compete with, if not beat these. Uh, the question is, can we replicate that off the layoff? Yeah, it was a, a Breeders' Cup. That was the last day on Breeders' Cup Friday, right? Uh, November 4th. It was right there at Breeders' Cup weekend. That's why you had Ushin Murphy in to ride. Um, a good horse. Yeah, I'm not going to use this horse here, but uh, I can understand. This is uh, this horse was in the famous Mike Samich race in June 22nd, yeah. 2023. Uh, the second place horse, Ruby Nell, by the way, that that won that stakes race two back that Lunar Impact was in. Really damn good turf horse out in California. The winner of that race, your old friend Silver Bullet. Yeah, that was actually the race where I lost. Uh... $100,000 on a late odds change, January 22nd, 2023. Would have won the uh, FloCal, but ended up running second because uh, <clears throat> someone bet $20,000 on the horse at the last flash, and 10-1 uh, to 1 became 6-1. to 1. Ended up losing by $4. Yep, remember that one pretty well, buddy. Thank you. Damn you, Papa Pedramo. <laughs> Uh, that, he was the one that apparently he's the one that moved the the meter on that horse too. It just threw down like 10, 20 grand right before they broke. That is the worst that the trainer made a huge bet on it. Uh, it was pretty frustrating, not gonna lie. Uh, but uh, it, was <laughs> it was not Papa dude. He was he was not the culprit.
You but wouldn't if he put ten dollars on uh, it, would he? If he is, I would like to own part of his house now because uh, he owes me a hundred grand. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. how much? Uh, hang on, not. No, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, how much of a hundred thousand dollars you think buys a house in Missouri? I'm not going to target Papa Dude. <laughs> I would probably own sixty percent of it. If, if it's brand new, 60%. Yeah, I yeah, think if it was a normal house, I think you could own it, the pole barn, and possibly like half the neighbor's yard there. Anyways, yeah. uh, Daniel Edwards has a good question in here. The six are a nitty first time North America here uh, for Dick Mandela. And this is where Hector Berrios is going to ride five to one here. What did you think about Araniti? Uh Interested. A little concerned that the horse was prominent overseas as a turf sprinter. A lot of times when we see horses come over, uh, and they're prominent in Europe and they're turf sprinting first time at Santa Anita. It is not a great experience for them uh, because the horse is faster, going, especially like going down the hill and with everything going on. I, if this was like a five furlong flat race, I would have maybe a little bit more, but like still, it's a different type of speed over here in the U.S. and what we see over in Europe. And then with this course specifically, you're going downhill. You're crossing the dirt. There's all this stuff that is new for the six that I'm concerned about. Uh, so you mentioned last race, wanting to watch one. To me, this is one of those watch one. Um, and, and hope that like the horse shows talent, maybe closes a little bit late or has a good gallop out, whatever you want. Whatever you look for in a horse that you want to stable up but doesn't run that well so that you get a big price next time. And that's when you can bet the horse. Cause it clearly there's some talent here. Just not sure that this is the best spot for this horse first time. And like Mandela, not one of those guys who generally has these horses. I mean, this is the only the second time in five years. He's had a first time North America horse, um, which is interesting. Cause you would think that he gets some of those, but just the second time he's gotten a European shipper like this and run at Santa Anita. So not a big sample size uh, to be able to look at from a just that perspective. Very good off the layoff. Very good first time Lasix. I like Hector Berrios. All those things are positive. Uh, but for me, this is one of those where I'm, I'm going to want to watch one race and, and hopefully see enough, but not too much so that I can then stable them up and get a price. <laughs> time out. Exactly. We want to see, enough, but not too much on that one. Yeah, you know, um, just a little frisky, but not enough that everyone notices. Uh, if I remember correctly, the only other North America, you said it's only been two for Dick Mandela in the last five years. It's the other one was Royal one. Ship. Yeah, Royal Ship was the other one. Uh, missed by just about that much. Missed second by about that much uh, in a race that Mo Forza absolutely dominated. So, um, yeah, it, it, a, a oh, good yeah. horse, but again, didn't win and wasn't uh, was one that you wanted to watch and keep playing. I, I love Mo Forza, man. That was one of my like that that horse mm -hmm. Breeders' Cup Day. I think it was one at seventeen to one. Is that right? Something like that mm -hmm. it was a nice price on Breeders' Cup Day. I, I Mo Forza and I we were buddies. At <laughs> the, uh, the Twilight Derby, uh, yep. I believe is what he won that weekend. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike. I put that up too early to, uh, to talk about the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on Saturday, January 6th. As a reminder, this is a dollar minimum with a 15% player-friendly takeout. So we're very happy to support sequences like that. It covers Goldstream Parks, races 9, 10, 11, and Santa Anita races 5 and 7. Uh, if you have trouble finding it on your ADW, they're usually under a special thing, coast to coast or different codes like that. Uh, and I know that DRF also has the PPs if you want to get past performances. I know DRF for sure has them in order as well. They didn't. I actually looked this up. They have the coast to coast Naira one. Oh, the the cross country pick five, which yes, yeah, also confusing. Yeah. So they have a cross country pick five, not a any coast to coast pick five this weekend, which huh. is interesting. 
because the cross country yeah. is Friday, Saturday, and the coast to coast, I believe, is just Saturday. Uh, real quick, because Shadi just reminded me, we've got this is the first of three straight podcasts. So we gotta get hurry up and get out of here. Uh, we'll go ahead and give our tickets out one last time. If you're watching us, thank you for watching us. Take a look down below for the podcast listeners, the auto listeners. A dollar ticket for me is gonna go five six twelve single the one with three eleven five seven ten. Two, three, four. That is a $54 ticket, Mr. Samich. I'm going to play a $64 ticket. I'm going to go four, five, six, seven with two, with two, three, seven, eleven, with three, five, six, eight, with two. So a couple singles in there. Uh, again, 50, uh, 15% takeout, $1 base. This is a Saturday. And what was it? Coast to coast pick five is the one that'll be listed yeah. on, there on your on your different spots. Yeah. Coast to coast, not cross country. Cross country, Naira, coast to coast first it's it's horse racing why make things any easier uh due to bets due to bet sports will be live in five minutes with aaron and papa dude uh and then after that if uh, an hour after that so an hour and five minutes from now will be blinkers off uh covering the jerome stakes at aqueduct which is the uh, kentucky derby prep race and then the san vicente stakes which is replacing the sham stakes eh, fine i think that's not not a bad move there but not officially kentucky derby prep race but the stakes is still a sham Listen, it's a new year. It's the same Mike Summers dad jokes. We appreciate it. We appreciate each and every one of you for joining us. Visit RacingNews.com for free picks and premium picks. The Samo Bombs, the Best Bets page. Lots of great stuff going on. Please go check us out. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He is at Samo Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike and Daryl's right. DRF does have the PP up, and since it is horse racing, it's that obvious indication that is EQK if you're looking for it on DRF. EQK. You know how I feel about the stupid codes and the EQKs? What? Do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Good luck this weekend. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.